Exodus chapter 13, 20 to 21. So they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your precious word. We pray, Lord, that this will be manner to our souls, that it will guide us, Lord, in the affairs of life. Come against every spirit that would want to stop this word from reaching the hearts of those who are hungry, Lord. We pray for a hunger in all those within the sound of my voice. O oh Lord, we pray for a spirit of revelation that this word would touch us, be received by us, absorbed by us, and become life in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God. We all know the story of Exodus, how this great people, now please, you must understand, they estimate at least a million, probably between a million and two. That's a lot of people. The logistics of a million people is very big. But they come out of Egypt, we all know the story, and they are led into the wilderness. And God gave them ordinances, but he set up a structure, right? And they had the different tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, they had the priestly class, they had Moses, and they built this big tabernacle thing, which they carried around with them. And on top of that, God gave them a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, all right? And the instruction was very simply just to follow the pillar of cloud or fire, as the case may be. Now, what we need to explain was quite a procedure. They didn't just keep going. They took 40 years, and they went the roundabout route, okay? Many of us in life, God tells us what to do, and we take the roundabout route. But it was all in God's plan. Now, the procedure was as follows. They had marched through the wilderness in certain order with the Levites in front of the Ark of the Covenant. They had to carry it physically. This cloud would be over and they'd follow it, you see. And then they'd come to a place and the cloud would stop. Right? When the cloud stopped, they'd set up the tabernacle, which was quite a job. Priests, that was their job. They set up this tabernacle with the holy place, the most holy place, and all the tribes would, in particular order, set themselves around. Okay, three tribes, three tribes, three tribes, three tribes. All described in the Bible how they would set up. So here we have this big settlement, as it were, of tribes with the Ark of the Covenant right in the middle. Okay, you got that picture. And then they would stay there. They would camp there. If the clouds stayed, where the clouds stopped, they would stop. And they would spend probably years there. They found evidence of Hebrew civilization right through Iraq in that whole region. Did you know that? They traveled not just in the Sinai Peninsula. Don't get that in your head. They traveled right through the Middle East over these periods of years. And the suggestion is that some of them stayed behind. They stayed behind. They found nice places and they stayed there. But the rest of them moved, moved on. Okay, I want you to get this picture. Just think about it. The three wise men, where did they come from? 
How did they know about the scriptures, etc.? Can you see? Most likely remnant from the Israelites that traveled through. But anyway, I won't get into the woods there. What I'm trying to say is, that was how they operated. And so you see, they had this Ark of the Covenant with the priests. And the priest's job was to keep their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, do all the sacrificial operations of the sacrificial service, to do all the priestly work. They had to do that. But their whole function was to keep the eyes on the Ark of the Covenant and the pillar of cloud. You see, now what would happen is they're in a settlement for a certain period of time and the priests had duties. They had like a roster. They were 24-7. They were in the tabernacle watching, watching, watching. And as soon as the clouds started to move, their job was to blow the trumpets. All right? To blow the shofars. They'd blow those trumpets. And as soon as the Israelites heard those trumpets, they knew something. Time to move on. Amen? Time to move on. The title of this message is, Listen for the Trumpets. Listen for the Trumpets. These shofars, these trumpets played a big role in Israel's history. You might remember the rebuilding of the wall and the temple, Ezra and Nehemiah. There was a time when Nehemiah was sent, his job was to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. They did sound a tremendous, tremendous opposition. All right? And at one stage, they had to work 24-7. They took it in shifts, but they always, always had to carry their weapons with them. Half the workforce was in the sort of central place with their weapons and their swords and their spears. But all the workmen had to carry on their work, one hand on the sword, the other hand doing their work. And next to Nehemiah was the trumpet player. Do you know that? And the whole point was they were scattered over this vast area building the temple. The enemy could attack at one place where it was weakest. So the idea was, as soon as they saw the enemy approaching, Nehemiah would tell the trumpeter, blow the trumpet, you see, and everybody would drop everything and be ready to fight. Can you see? And that's how they managed to do it. But you see, what did it take to be successful? Even though they were busy with their work, busy with their stuff, they had to keep an ear out for the trumpet. The trumpet. Okay. The trumpet. Kept by him. All right. In fact, let's just read it. I think it's going to make interesting reading. Nehemiah 4, 15 to 20. Nehemiah 4, 15 to 20. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the war, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields and bows and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Do you see that? The one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, The work is great and extensive. And we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear 
the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. Can you see? So they're all ready to fight at notice on the spur of the moment. But what were they having to do? Remember, Israel had been exiled because of their disobedience, had gone into Assyria and all these places, and other peoples had taken over. People had every interest in them not building the wall. Okay, can you see that? But the point I'm trying to make is, the instruction was for everybody, although they were busy doing their work, they had to keep an ear open for the trumpet. It was a matter of life and death. So just imagine these Israelites going through the wilderness, all right? And they've been settled in a place, and perhaps it's a nice place, you see. And everybody's happy there, and everything's fine, and they build their houses, and they are enjoying life. And then they hear the sound of the trumpet. Now you see right there, everybody's got a choice. You understand? They've got a choice. Do you pack up and get ready to move? Or do you just stay where you are? Can you see? Do you see the picture? And the, the suggestion is that some people chose, we're not moving. We're staying where we are. But the others, those whose hearts were set on the promised land, you see, said no, no matter how settled we are, the trumpet is sound. Why? It means the cloud of his glory is about to move. See, and the realization is that without his presence, amen, without the cloud of glory, without God being with us, we become extremely, extremely vulnerable. Even though we might be comfortable, we become extremely vulnerable. We'll be left behind in a dangerous place. And so you see, as Israel packed up and went off, those who remained behind probably thought, oh well, thank goodness I don't have to walk anymore. No more manna, no more this and that. However, however, after a while, what do they begin to notice? There's no protection anymore. You understand? We're on our own. The source of our prosperity has now been dried up. We are now literally alone in the wilderness. Does everybody grasp this? You see, it's a pattern for you and my life. It's a pattern for the church. It's a pattern for every nation. You see, God is always on the move. Amen? God is always on the move. God wants to do great things. And you see, for God to do great things, what does he have to have on this earth? He has to have leaders and a people. Amen? When he has a leadership and people, the earth trembles. The earth trembles, literally. That is spoken to us in Psalm 114, if you want to read it. The earth literally trembles. The mountains flee. The seas dry up. God is on the move. Please, we've got to grasp this. God, although he's always the same, he's always on the move. And you see, our duty, if we want life, if we want life, is to move with him. Amen? But how are we going to move with him? What is the key to moving with him? 
have an ear open for? The sound of the trumpet. I mean, the sound of the trumpet. And you think about the church through the ages. People often ask me, why are there so many different denominations? Can I tell you, this is exactly why. This is exactly why. You see, God speaks and he raises up leaders like Martin Luther and others. And people with an ear for the trumpet, they move. They move, you see. They move out of what they were in. They move, you see. But then what happens? We get comfortable. I mean, we get comfortable. Where we move to is a wonderful place. God's presence is there. It's great. It's wonderful. But then we get comfortable. And what happens? So often, in that comfort, the sound of the trumpet comes. And we have a choice. Can you see? So many church denominations. What's happened? They didn't hear the sound of the trumpet. They were so comfortable in what they were doing. See? Very often they say, oh well, because we left that lot, we're better than them. Big danger. Big danger. Why? I always share this, you know, and <laughs> it's quite humorous, but it's very serious for me. Because we've had a lot of people that didn't quite like what we were doing here and took themselves elsewhere. They're welcome. Praise God. I'm not saying that they were wrong. You understand? But there was a stage when I, I said to God, is there something wrong with me? Now, there's a lot wrong with me, by the way, but I was asking God, am I chasing these people away? You see? And the words he spoke to me were these words. He said, Graham, not every case. Please don't get me wrong, and I'm not judging anybody. But he said, you're too radical for them. Too radical. You see, people, when they're confronted with the gospel and it's too radical, they get uncomfortable and they don't want that. We've had that. And then you see, that was not the end of the discussion. Because as soon as God had said that to me, he said, if I can paraphrase it in very simple terminology, he said, but don't get proud. Don't get proud. You might be too radical for them, but you're not radical enough for me. You get it? You're not radical enough for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, you might have moved on from other situations, all right? But you have to move further. Do you get it? You have to keep moving. You have to keep moving. We have to keep listening out for the sound of the trumpet. Amen? Being available to move with God. Why? Because that's where the glory is. Why are you hearing me? And if we have this revelation, without His glory, we are finished. Can you see that? We might be comfortable for a while, but after a while, the whole thing will just slowly but surely implode. Why are you hearing me this morning? You see? We have to keep our ears open for the trumpet. And in this church, I can say it. On the odd occasions, we've got it right because I'll never forget, before COVID even broke out, before anybody knew about it, I heard the trumpet in a sense. And I said to the church, I said, we need to start operating in our homes more. 
That's where this whole church in the home came from. Did you know that? The whole idea that on occasions we don't come to a central place. We have a church in our home. Opportunity to draw people in. God said to me we must do that. I'll never forget we sat around in the school building where we were. I shared this with the church. Everybody agreed and they thought it's a good idea. Or so most of them said. And then the question was when? Because obviously you don't just rush into new things like that, you see. And once again, I'll never forget what God said to me. He said, sooner rather than later. Do you understand? Sooner rather than later. Don't drag the thing out. We organized for one church in the home. One. And after that, guess what happened? COVID broke out. We could no longer meet. This church survived. Do you know why? Because people had some understanding of operating as a church in the home. Understand? For us, it wasn't something that we had to organize there and then. We had already set it in motion. Isn't that wonderful? God spoke. God spoke. We heard the trumpet. We heard the trumpet. Amen? And we plan to continue listening out for the trumpet. Okay, now what I need to say is this. How do we translate that into your and my life? What does it mean to listen out for the trumpet? Well, in a sense, it's that still small voice in your and my spirit. Amen? Because life changes. I'm sure you're aware of that. And you and I need to be found in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Does that make sense? Does this mean every five minutes we've got to get up and move? No, not at all. You understand. That's not how it works. But what we've got to realize is that we've got to be available at the right time to move, if necessary. Amen? And if we don't, we can get left behind. I'll share another example from my life. We were living up in Zimbabwe. I was partner in a business there, doing very well, thank you. When Zimbabwe became independent, as they call it, I'd seen independence, what it did to other African nations. A lot of my friends all just bombshelled, went all over the world, Australia, Canada. I could have left. I could have quite easily said, this is it, I'm out of here. But do you know something? The Holy Spirit said, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. So I stayed. Stayed in that country for 10 years. And in that 10-year period, I learned a lot in the business world and things like that. I married Janet. That's probably why I kept me there, but anyway. But can I just say something? There came a moment in time, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's time to go. Amen? It's time to go. I heard the sound of the trumpet. I said to Janet, we're moving. We're going. I was in a company, in a partnership. Everything, in a sense, looked good. But the Holy Spirit said, time to move. We left that country with practically nothing. Started up here. Do you know, that very next year, the Zimbabwean economy crashed. People lost all their pensions, everything. Overnight. It had been building up, you understand. How's that for timing? How's that for time? If I had said, no, look, I'm not going to move. I'm be comfortable here. We've established. You know. 
got a nice house to live in, blah, blah, blah. We would have lost everything. Amen? Amen. You see, we've got to keep our ear open for the trumpet, as I call it. That doesn't mean, once again, that you've got to drop everything every now and then and just move. No. But be ready and be willing and being available, you see, and keeping our ears open. Like those Israelites there in their daily work. I mean, they were just doing everyday work. You understand? They were busy with housework, fields if they had them, cattle if they had them, industry, whatever they were doing. They had all these things, administration, teaching. They were all busy with the affairs of life, cooking, whatever. But in the midst of this, all of a sudden, the moment they hear the trumpet, they realize something. Put it all down, pack up, ready to move. Amen? All right, now, practically, how do you and I open ourselves up to hear the trumpet? Let's go to a scripture which is very precious to me. When I was first born again, the scripture, God used it to really help me. Because I used to play the trumpet, and so this really spoke to me. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, 6-9. 1 Corinthians 14, 6-9. Talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I just want to tie this all up because it's really relevant. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching. Even things without life, whether flute or harps, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in their sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? Can you see that? The Lord was speaking to me about my life. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Now the point I want to make is that, you see, there's a tie between this idea of sounding a clear sound and prophetic voice in the church. You see, God could move through the wilderness as long as he had a sanctuary and a people. Amen? As long as he had a sanctuary and a people. If he had a sanctuary, he could speak to the people. And if he had a people, the people could hear and they could operate, they could do. Does everybody get that? You see, he had to have both. He had to have the sanctuary and he had to have a people. Amen? In the same way, you see, for God to work on this earth, what has he got to have? A sanctuary and a people. What is a sanctuary? What we're doing here. This is his sanctuary. The church operating the way the church is supposed to operate. Amen? And how is the church supposed to operate? As we said earlier, the church is supposed to operate 
we giving praise and worship to God, and God in response speaking to, to us, you see. And how does he speak to us? Through prophecy. You see, and here there's a tie between prophecy and the trumpet. Listen to this. By being connected to the church, if you and I understand it correctly, we keep our ears open. And if the church is operating as it should, with prophecy coming through all the time, can I tell you something? You pitch up one day and you hear prophecy and you know, you know God is speaking. You've just heard the trumpet. Amen? You've just heard the trumpet. I can't tell you how many prophecies have come through this church. Through different people. And we've just known God is speaking. Now you see, if we hadn't been here, if you're not in the sanctuary, let me call it that, what chance is there of hearing the trumpet? Do you understand? What chance is there of hearing the trumpet? Let me go a bit further. You can be in the sanctuary. We can be in the sanctuary and yet have an attitude which says, oh well, the Bible describes it as despising the prophetic gifts. Do you know that? Despising it. Oh, it's Auntie Susie gabbling away again. You get it? It's just him trying to be clever. I don't go with this business. We've had it. We've had it. My soul. What happens then? We fail to hear the sound of the trumpet. And what happens in that case? God wants to speak and we miss vital information, you see. And we carry on with our lives and wonder why all of a sudden we find ourselves in the wilderness. Things not happening, things not working. We feel frustrated, we just feel we're not getting anywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's so critically important for you and I to be connected, all right, to the sanctuary. Be within earshot, so to speak, of the sanctuary. Why? Because when God wants to move, what is he going to do? The cloud is going to move, you see. And as soon as the cloud moves, the priest's job is to sound the trumpet. Amen? And for all those to hear the trumpet, what is the responsibility? To recognize God is speaking. God is speaking. Pack up and get ready to move. Amen? Can I tell you, if we are people that are ready to move, we're constantly, constantly developing this ability to hear God and to speak. Amen? If we're not doing that, if we're not learning to sharpen the trumpet, if we're not allowing the trumpet to sound a clear call, we are doing ourselves a disservice. Does everybody grasp this? That's why for me, prophetic voice in the church, not just through me, through everybody, is critically, critically, critically important. I can't tell you how many times people have had a scripture or a prophecy and it's confirmed exactly what God wanted me to say. Did you know that? Confirmed it. Gave me the power to speak it with authority. Amen? So you see, that's what we want. People that are ready 
to sharpen the trumpet, as it were, to sound a clear call. We only get to that place by practice. Amen. So that's what we're going to do for a bit now. We're going to practice developing this prophetic gift. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Let's do it.